ahead and you can sit down. It's good to be here. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan, and I get to be pastor here with this great group of people. And I'm really thrilled about the process we're in and what God's doing in our lives right now. I, our family, just the last couple nights, started watching The Mandalorian. Any of you? Fan? Yeah, I, I like it a lot. And so those of you who don't know, uh, it's like a Star Wars spinoff. And the Mandalorians are this, this kind of elite class of spiritual warriors in the whole Star Wars world. And so they were, like, the, the key character is a Mandalorian who, like, like most, I think, was orphaned as a child and was adopted into this order where he received training and armor and weapons in order to go out into the universe and fight battles for truth and justice and all this good stuff. And so, cool story, but as I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this, like this really is a picture of how God calls us into life and into the world. We start off as orphans, we start off needy and broken and disconnected, and he adopts us into a family, and then he doesn't just leave us in that place, but he trains us up, and he starts giving us weapons that we need to be effective in life and to accomplish his mission, and he gives us uh, skills and abilities, and really the series that we're doing right now, the keys to transformation, is all about that. It's the process of discipleship, and really a disciple is really like a Mandalorian. It's someone who's following a master and learning the ways and learning the skills and getting the weapons in order to advance God's mission in the world. And so that's, that's what we're called to. That's what's happening I, I'm just, every week. I, I'm so excited about the testimonies I'm hearing and seeing the life change, seeing what God is doing. Um, so we've been talking about, about some of this, and we're about halfway through now. It's just so cool knowing we've got like 50-plus people going through our, our Kingdom Living too. Bible studies, and really these are the skills and weapons that we need, not, not that this book, but this is taking biblical truths and helping us drill them into our life and practice them. So I just want to encourage you in that process of continuing to learn God's Word and develop and apply it in your life. And um, if you haven't started, you can still grab one um, or talk to somebody and just learn what it means to be a disciple. But these are the type of skills that every believer in Jesus, every person God calls into to have, to live the kind of life he has for us. So those, we start off talking about just the process of transformation and the goal of growth and development and how it's not just like physically trying harder, but when we become a believer in Jesus, that his spirit comes and lives inside of us. And the process from that point on is his spirit transforming us from the inside out and transforming our thinking and our habits and our emotions. And then we're looking at some of the weapons that God gives us. So last week we talked about the Word of God and how as we learn and apply and hear God's Word, it changes us and it changes the world around us. Even as those declarations, those weren't just random things, but these are based on God's Word, God's truth. As we speak God's truth, it changes our lives and it changes the world. Um, next week we'll talk about faith, huge resource, God's called, the way God's called us to live. The following week after that we'll talk about community. So these are all essentials, but today we're talking about prayer. And I must admit, when it comes to, to prayer, I don't feel too much like a Mandalorian a lot of the time. I feel like a weakling 
And that's really what our, our so I'm going to take, we're taking it today from that angle. Prayer for weaklings, because maybe you're not like me, but just sympathize with the rest of us. If you're like, no, man, I'm awesome in prayer. I never struggle with this. Just, just, just be nice to the rest of us. Um, but, you know, prayer is interesting because on the one hand, it's the most natural thing in the world. I, I love talking to, to people who, who profess to be atheists and asking, hey, do you ever pray? Because they always get this like sheepish look in their eye and go, well, yeah, I do pray. Like, I, I, don't, I say I don't believe in, but there's, there's just something so wired in us that we, especially in a time of crisis and need, we call out to God. Um, prayer was the very beginning of creation. Adam and Eve in the garden, they walked with God, conversed with God. There was a relationship and the communication back and forth. It's how we're made. It's, it's what we're made for. So it's, it's, on the one hand, it's the most natural thing in the world, but on the other hand, I, it's something that I struggle with a whole lot and oftentimes feel like I'm living with kind of a low-grade guilt about my prayer life. Like, oh, man. I love how it says it in the, in the Kingdom Living 2 book. It says, our natural tendency is to view God as someone who's far off. In addition, we frequently feel as if we're unworthy to approach him. We're often unsure if our prayers even get through, much less answered. At the same time, many of us feel guilty for not praying more. So I think that describes a lot of us. We're just, we're uncertain, we're not sure if we're praying enough. When we pray, we're not sure if God's answering. There's just a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. And really, I want to talk today about the good news that, that you can connect with God in prayer. You and I can be transformed as we hear God and talk to God in our prayer life, and we can bring transformation to the world around us as we pray. And really, it's, it's not that complicated. It's, it's not as complicated as we make it. And while there is, the, the longer we walk with God, the deeper our relationship gets, the more intricacies and depth there is, I, I don't, in, in no way I'd, do I want to undermine that or take away from that? But today, I want to look at just some simple things. And we're going to call them six hacks, six prayer hacks for weaklings. And if you know what a hack is, the definition of a hack is it's a shortcut, a skill, or a novelty method, or even maybe a trick that increases productivity and efficiency in all walks of life. So basically, we're looking at like six easy things you can do, six hacks that will take your prayer life to the next level. So this is, again, this is prayer for, for weaklings. This is for, for me, all right? This is stuff, and again, it's not to undermine. This is not to, like, to, to make it um, mechanistic or take away from the relational aspect of it. But I know it's like in my relationship with my wife. You know, there's, man, there's a lot of complexity there, okay? I've, I've, I'm still, like, have no idea, really. Like, I've, I've been married for 23 years, but, okay, I'm, I'm clueless. But I figured out that there's, there are a few, like, simple things I can do that really go a long way. And that's the kind of thing we're talking about this morning. So if I, if I just do dishes every night, make sure the dishes get done, that's a relationship hack. Like, that goes a long way in our relationship. All right? If I just, if I will rub, rub Reagan's feet really hard, man, that, that's gold in our relationship. You know, it doesn't, I don't have, I don't need a degree in relational, I don't need, like, super high relational IQ. 
just like take my hands and rub those feet, that goes a long way. Um, the couple, just simple things like that. If every just once in a while, I buy a little gift. It doesn't even have to be expensive. I buy flowers or something and bring it home, a little tiramisu, it's her favorite dessert, and show up, like, man, that can, like, carry me for two months. <laughs> like, that's, and she's with the kids, so, you know, it really should be more often than that. But there's some, like, good prayer hacks. So, hacks go a long way. So we're looking at some things with God. They're just like, do this. It really makes a difference. Number one, let's look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 9, starting there. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. In other words, the ones who thought, like, I'm not a weakling. I got this figured out. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a spiritual giant. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Talking about prayer. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, who was considered kind of like the worst of the worst, as far as sinners in, in this culture, stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The one who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. The first prayer hack is to be humble. It's really not that hard, although sometimes it is, because we can, we can find ourselves being pretty proud. But first prayer hack is to start from a place of weakness. Say, God, I need you. I need you. And really, that's what prayer is all about, right? If you think about it, if, if we had it all figured out and had it, all the answers and solutions, we wouldn't need to pray. But prayer is saying, God, I need you. I am not God, but, I, but you are God. And I'm coming before you in my weakness and my brokenness and the needs of my life and the needs of the world around me. And I'm saying, God, will you please just show up? Not because I deserve it but because you're merciful, because you're a merciful God. And that really is the, the essence of, of, the basis of Christianity is that it's not being justified by our, our own goodness, but it's Jesus going to the cross and him taking our sin and extending his mercy to us and us coming from him, coming to him from that place, um, confessing our, our sin, acknowledging our weakness and brokenness before him, remembering that it's only because of his grace that we have life, that we have salvation. Um, so confessing our sin, being humble, starting a place. I think it's very in, in, instructive that in the Lord's Prayer, the model of prayer that he gave us, very close to the top, he says, part of what we're to pray regularly is, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, as I, as I pray this regularly, and I think about how does that apply to my life, 
I never go, oh, you know, I don't have any sins I need forgiveness for today. Now, that just never happens. There's always, oh, man, how I, this, is what I, this is what I just did. This is the attitude I have. This is the pride. There's always my brokenness and my sin that is there. Say, okay, God, please forgive me for that. I'm coming to you, trusting you, forgiveness and your grace. So first prayer hack is, is be humble. Um, if you've never confessed your sins to God, if you've never turned from your sins and trusted Jesus, not sure how to begin a relationship with God, then come to know, the Knowing God class today. That would be a great place to dive deeper into that. Second prayer hack is praise him. Come before God and praise him. Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates. That's like coming in to the front door. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You know, one of the best things we can do as we pray, come before God, is just praise him and thank him. Praise him for who he is and thank him for what he's done and, and who he is. And that, it's, it's appropriate because he's so awesome and he's so above us and he's so faithful and glorious and has done so much for us. It's, it's appropriate just because he deserves it. And it also does something really good in us. There's something about just realizing, okay, it's, I'm not the top of my world. But there is a God, and it's about him, and it's not about me. And God, I thank you. I praise you. You're so good. I did, going through um, this chapter in, in Kingdom Living 2, I was doing this, this this past week, and the last day is a chance to kind of just sit quietly before God. And there are a couple of passages in the Bible to, to pray through. One of them is a psalm where it's declaring praises to God. And so I was, I was doing that, just worshiping him and praising him. And then there's a space just to write, like, okay, what, what's, what are reflections as you're doing this? And I just, I just was like, oh, I just wrote down, God, I love this time. This is so good. Because that was just when my heart was overflowing. It's like, man, God, coming before you and praising you, just me and you, this is so good. I, I love this. And then I heard, I heard the Father whisper back and said, I love this too. And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, he loves, he loves our time together. And he loves that, that I'm praising him. I mean, it's kind of like my, my daughter, Amzie, she's, she's nine. And she's my number one fan. I mean, she's, it's great. I said that last night. And, and Reagan was like, yeah, enjoy it. You got like maybe two, maybe three years, you know. And, and so enjoy it while it lasts. But it's just like I walk in the room and she's just like, dad. And she like runs up and jumps into my arms. And it's like, just, she thinks I'm the greatest. You know, she's, she's, she's naive. To, you know, but hey, it's great while well, it lasts. So, but that's, there's, it does, it's just something so like, wow, that's, that's a really pretty cool that she feels that way. And even to think that like, to God, it's not naive for us to praise him. It's actually appro- appropriate and he's worth more than we could ever give him. But to think that as we do that, it, it warms God's heart and it, it, brings, it brings us into that place of communion. It's, it's so great. So, so the second prayer hack is to praise him. The third prayer hack is to be confident. This might seem to, to be a, a paradox from the first one of be humble, but that's kind of the essence of walking with God is be humble and be confident at the same time. 
In, in Ephesians 2.6, we're told that God raised us up, those of us who have turned from our sin and trusted in Jesus and placed our allegiance with him, God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. When we are born again, God raises us up and places us with Jesus in the heavenly realms. I always, when I think of this, I think of, you may have seen the picture when, when John, uh, John F. Kennedy was president. There's a picture of his son, John Jr., in the Oval Office. There's, there's the, what's the desk called? The, what is it? Re, yeah, the Resolute Desk. So the presidential desk right there. And there's John Jr. just playing underneath the desk in the most powerful room in the world. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That because his dad's a president, he gets to hang out there and have a place to. And that's what it's like for us. When we're born again, God raises us up, and we're seated with God in the heavenly places. Our sin is taken away, and all the guilt, all the distance is removed, and we are brought near to God, brought into his very, very presence. In Hebrews 4.16, we're, we're told this. We're told, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is God's invitation to us. Hey, no, I don't want you to just beat yourself up and say you're not worthy. Like, yes, be humble, acknowledge your need, but don't stay there. Come realize I've extended, I've extended my grace to you. I'm extending my grace to you. My blood covers over your sin. So come with confidence to the throne of grace. God's throne, his throne, it's the throne of grace. And there you're going to receive mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Oh man, it's a good thing. It's been described as, and this is true, there's a, there's a heavenly council. Well, I kind of like in the Oval Office or wherever the president meets with, with the cabinet. It's like there's a council of these leaders who come together to discuss and make plans and then go out and execute it. That's what God invites us into as his sons and daughters. He says, hey, come with confidence, bring your needs to me, and then I want to share with you what I'm doing out in the world. I want to tell you what's going on, what I'm up to, and then I want you to pray in agreement with what I'm doing and knowing that as you agree with me, it's happening. As we hear God, as we come with confidence, we get his heart. We get a sense of what he wants to do in our lives and in our friends, our family, the world around us. God, you want to save this person. You want to reveal your heart to, to my sister. You want, to, you want to heal this person. God, I pray that that would happen. I agree with you for that to be done as I'm drawing near with confidence and, and hearing you and believing you. There's, there's a faith that comes in that place. And I want to just take a minute, even as we, we're going to do this for a couple of these hacks, just take a minute to do it right now, because we don't want to just talk about stuff, we want to practice what we're, what we're learning. So, um, would you just bow your head, and we're just going to practice coming before God with confidence. So, in your own mind's eye, just think about placing your, your sin, your unrighteousness on Jesus and on the cross and receiving his grace and his forgiveness, and then confidently walking up to his throne 
of grace. And ask this question. Hey, Lord, what's on your heart for me today? Just listen. Lord, what's on your heart for me today? And ask this question, Lord, what's on your heart for this city today? What do you want to do in my city? Thank you for that, God. Okay, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Um, yeah, I'm curious. You know, it's, it's, it's cool how God meets us as we come confidently. He speaks to us. He wants us to do that regularly. He invites us to do that. So be confident. The, the next prayer hack really flows from that. It's ask expectantly. Ask expectantly. There are just dozens of scriptures about this. Over and over where God instructs us to ask him for things. It's a, a scriptural principle of asking will receive. In John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus says it like this. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, this is one of those, like, you read it, and it's almost too good to be true. You can keep going. But he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. Now, in my name, it doesn't mean just like a magic formula, like say, God, I want to win the lottery in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. No, that's, that's more like you know, something else. But in his name means in alignment with God's will. Like as we're in connection, as we're in his name, as we're connected with Jesus, and then our hearts are being aligned with his heart, and our thoughts are being aligned with his thoughts, we're seeing, God, this is your will. This is what you want to do. Okay, I pray that that would happen. As we are in him and praying in his name, whatever we ask, it's done. We receive that. God does it. And we, man, there's probably hundreds of stories in this room of where we've gotten a sense of what God wanted to do and prayed it and saw God come through and answer that. God's a good father. He loves to give good gifts to his children. And somehow... He's chosen to do most of what he does in the world. He doesn't just do unilaterally or just a whole lot of what he does. He doesn't just do, but he partners with people. And he's called us to carry out his mission in the world. And so he wants us to ask expectantly. But it's important that we do it with faith and expectancy. Uh, in James 1, Jesus says this. He says it's important that when we do it, we do it with faith. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. This is what gets me a lot of times. I'm like praying, but I'm, I'm double-minded. I'm like, God, I really hope you do this, but I don't know if I really, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I'm at with you. I, I don't know. God, maybe 
possibly, but you know, and there's this like, I'm praying, but in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm not sure. But when I'm like in that place of knowing I'm in God's counsel, knowing what his will is, say, God, you want to do this. You want to do this. God, okay, I am praying in faith that you will do it. I know many times in my life has come as in a place of, of financial need. Like, God, I, man, I don't know where, where, the, where these needs are going to be met. But I wrestle through that and come to a place of, God, I believe you're my provider. And you're going to come through. And I come to a place of saying, all right, God, I trust you to provide for this need somehow. God, I ask you for it and I trust you for it. I've prayed that prayer many times and seen sometimes within an hour, many times within a day, many times within a week, sometimes longer, God has answered that prayer from that place of faith. And God does that as we, as we ask expectantly. So let's do that again. Let's, 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 let's ask God for something. Maybe something that God put on your heart just a minute ago. So let's go ahead. Close your eyes again. If you want to do this, if you have something that you have faith for, you know you believe God wants to do, let's ask God for it. God, we ask you for these things. We ask you to bring change in our life, to bring provision, to raise us up, to be a witness for you. We pray for friends and family members to know you. We pray for salvations in this city. We pray for labors for the harvest. God, we pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Do you have any testimonies? If God answers those prayers, tell somebody about it. That would be a great testimony. All right, two more. I'm going to go through these quickly. Number five, prayer hack. It doesn't sound like a prayer hack, but it is forgive and honor other people. Forgive and honor others. It's crazy, but our horizontal relationships with other people hugely affect our relationship with God. And when we're in a good place with the people around us, it opens us up to good things in our relationship with God. And when there's hurt or unresolved conflict or unforgiveness in our relationships with other people, it hinders our prayers in our relationship with God. Again, this is all through the scripture. In Mark eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus says this. He says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. If you hold anything against anyone, that's pretty all-conclusive. All-inclusive. That's like, it's not like, okay, well, that person, they really deserve for me to hold something against them. But no, if you're holding anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Oh, man, the stakes are pretty high here. If I want to be forgiven of my sins, I've got to forgive other people. So this is just basic walking with Jesus. Um, but something we often don't do. But it's so important that, okay, as we're praying, and even in the Lord's Prayer, remember it's, Lord, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. It's, we're extending forgiveness to others, and out of that, God brings his forgiveness into our life. And so it's important as we're praying, like, look, at where am I at? Is there anything unresolved with anybody? Anything I'm holding against somebody? I need to forgive them, let go of it. Is there a conversation I need to have with somebody? Is there somebody where I'm like, I don't know if we're okay. Maybe I need to ask them, are we okay? 
It's work out those, and that opens up. It's a, uh, open, opens things up in prayer. It's a prayer hack. 1 Peter 3, 7, I think this is the scariest verse in the whole Bible for husbands. It says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Like, that's even like up in the ante even more for husbands. It's like, hey, dude, if you're not respecting your wife and honoring her, God is going to hold off on listening to your prayers and answering your prayers. And so that's true in all of our relationships, but especially in our marriages. So take that to heart. Okay. Um, you know, let's just, let's just take a moment right now for that, too. I just want to say, if there's, let's close our eyes again. If you want to do this, say, God, if there's anyone I need to forgive, show them to me. Show me who it is. If there's anybody that I need to work something out with, please show me who it is. If you're ready, it's as simple as this to say, Lord, I forgive this person for what they've done to me. I release them from the guilt of the wrong that they've done me, or the hurt or the perceived wrong that I felt. I release them in Jesus' name to you. Just as you forgave me, Lord, I forgive them. God, if there's anyone that you want that I need to work something out with, Lord, I, I just invite you to say, I commit to calling them today and working this out. Lord, help me in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, if you have a long list, it may take longer than that. I want to encourage you to work through that list. Do whatever you need. All right, last one. Last prayer hack is called Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Prayer for weaklings. What do, how do weak people like, like I, how, does, how can we have a powerful prayer life? Well, the Bible talks about this thing called praying in the Spirit, and it's generally equated with the spiritual gift of praying in an unknown tongue or an unknown language. And that can sound kind of weird and unusual to us, and it is. But there's this gift God gives us, gives a lot of people, as we ask him, of being able to pray in a language from our spirit and the Holy Spirit in us in a language that we didn't learn. And it's a way that when we don't know how to pray, which is most of the time for me, we can just, anytime, say, God, I just open my mouth, I let that prayer language flow, and you are praying your perfect will for me and for whatever else you want to pray. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about this. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in tongues, praying in the Spirit, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. In Romans, so just look at that. It's, it's kind of wild, but it's saying there, when we pray in the Spirit, our spirit is praying. We're praying with words that we don't understand what we're saying. But God's Spirit and our spirit are praying something powerful. 
Um, we can sing that way, too. And so do that and also pray with our understanding. It's good to pray with our mind and our understanding as well. In Romans 8.26, Paul describes this more. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Here it is, prayer for weaklings. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And that describes my life a lot. I don't know what to pray for. But I'm so thankful that God has given me, graciously given me this ability to pray in the Spirit, pray in an unknown tongue, and I can just open my mouth and pray with sounds that my mind doesn't understand, and it's, it's doing something more. It says, he who searches, in verse 27, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So it says God is searching our hearts and he knows the mind of the Spirit. He is the Spirit. And he prays through us in exact accordance with God's will. Man, that's thinking powerful. That's crazy. And I, I know it's my own life. I, I, it'd be easy to say, hey, this is kind of controversial or this doesn't fit in our like, modern American rationalistic way of thinking. Like, Let's not talk about that. But it's... I, it's, the thing, it's one of the things that's helped me the most. And I went for several years as a Christian, like, without this experience, without this gift. And when I received the gift of being able to pray in the Spirit, in, in tongues, it just opened things up in my prayer life and my whole life in a whole new way. And so it's a good thing. The Bible says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. We can ask God for spiritual gifts. And a lot of times it's just a matter of opening up and saying, God, I'd like this. I'd like you to give me this ability. And... He will. Um, he, he oftentimes does. It's good to have people pray for you. If you have more questions, um, it's something you can do anytime, but actually at the Knowing God class today, we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts, have a chance to pray for this. So plug for that. Go to Knowing God. You'll have a chance right there. All right. Um, prayer hacks for weaklings. Those are six kind of simple things we can we can do to develop our prayer life and to see God change us and then see God change, us, change the world around us. Um, I just want to ask you if we could, yeah, they're all up there. You know, I think it's likely, I was going to say this at the beginning, but I know that's six points, kind of a lot more than I usually want to try to hit, but I think it's probably likely that for each of you, there are one or two that are really like, oh man, that's something I can zero in on. I mean, I really need to start from a place of humility and just own that and come before God. Or, wow, I need to forgive and work out my relationships with others. Or, I just need to ask expectantly. Um, whatever that is, I want to encourage you to, to practice that, that prayer hack this week and develop that and take your, your prayer skills and your relationship with God and prayer to the next level. And we're going to have a chance, even the worship team, you can go ahead and come on up. Um, we're going to worship God with one more song. And even as we do that, I want to encourage us that there's a, one of these prayer ways of praying, prayer hacks, that you're like, man, I, okay, I, I want to grow in this. Even as we worship right now, maybe it'd be a chance for you to do that, to really come before God confidently or come before God humbly or whatever it is. So let's, let's stand up. And let's, let's worship God. Let's pray together. And he is doing good things in our lives. He's doing good things through our lives. 
So let's, let's worship him.